my setup here. I'm gonna clearly have to do something about this because my signal is just not strong enough out here in the garage to uh, to support our our podcasting needs. So I'll have to figure that out. Okay. In the meantime, have a drink. So hey, oh, this. Let me, let me go get one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you've got a bar, don't you? And by God, use that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna hum or something. I'm just gonna talk. Hey, last night I uh, I watched uh, Street Fighter or The Street Fighter with Sonny Chiba, and that uh, that was something. Have you ever seen that? What's that one? The Street Fighter is one of the Chopsaki movies with Sonny Chiba. I'd never watched it before. It was uh, it was something. It had some quality uh, quality dubs. And uh, lots of uh, like eye gouging and bloody eye eye sockets and uh, r- really badly green screen falling out of high places. But it was overall kind of fun. And it left it ended on a on a cliffhanger, so I have to watch uh, Return, Fighter Return of the Street Fighter or whatever. This, there's three, so I guess it's a trilogy, and I'm gonna have to watch the whole thing now. <laughs> I subscribe to Tubi. Have you seen that? Do you know about Tubi? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's, um, you know, it's like uh, what Netflix used to be when they would offer you uh, DVDs of the really shitty movies before they started making their own. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of grindhouse kung fu movies on there. Um, weird action movies starring Steve Austin and Steven Seagal. Um, Why? And, and some Jean-Claude Van Damme movies I've never heard of, which is a little, a little scary. But uh, mixed in with all the chaff, there's some weed. I mean, there's some cool old stuff that's not anywhere else. So that's kind of fun. It does have commercials, but whatever. Watch. That's how you're supposed to watch uh, a grindhouse movie. At this with, point, with like yeah. commercials in the middle of it, right? When something's about to happen, commercial. Okay, well then I'll go, you know, drain the lizard. Um, that's, how, <laughs> that's how you're supposed to watch grindhouse movies. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. It was free. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it was free, and I was looking for some something besides the uh, curated Netflix Netflix fair the other day. So I I signed up for it. So far, so good. So there you go. All right. So, um, so you cheated on me last week. <laughs> <laughs> Still a little sore about that. No, I'm just kidding. Steve, in case you missed it, and I'm going to give your your buddy a plug. Uh, co-hosted uh, a very special episode of uh, Parleypod. Did I say that right? I think you did. Parley, parley, parley pod. I'm just trying to sing the theme song, but I don't know how it goes. Um, no, it was it was cool. You and uh, I forgot the gentleman's name. Who's John Benedict? John. John. John, what are you drinking there? Me? Yeah. Uh, Stockyards Brewing Company Cerveza Royale. Bueno. That's what they call it in France. Um, It's a local Mexican beer. (laughs) From local Kansas City Mexican beer. I like it. All right. Is it good? It's not bad. It's like um, a little um, um, uh, Blue Mooney and Mm -hmm. um, a little um, Corona. Okay. All right, that's an interesting well, maybe, combination. How about this? It's Blue Mooney without the uh, citrus. Okay. All right. I can see that. So, um, yeah. So, John is the host of Parlopod. You stepped in last week when his uh, co-host was uh, under the weather. I listened to the yeah. uh, the episode. You, you uh, represented Slurp Toast well. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. So, y'all had a good conversation around comic books and such, and that kind of led to uh, our big theme of the week, which we'll get to. But before we do that, I had a couple of things I wanted to throw at you and and see what you thought. I I, uh, I did a couple of things this week uh, in preparation after we kind of landed on our on our topic. I did something I have not done since, and ever, and I've had the opportunity since 1992. Uh, and it's not a depraved sex act, as you might think, uh, based on the lead-in. Um, 
I, I read Spawn. Oh. I've never Ooh. read any Spawn in my entire uh, geek life since 1992. And I was uh, looking for something. And they were like, oh, look, there's a first six issues. I remain unimpressed. You know, it's, it's, uh, it let's imagine Batman and Spider-Man had a baby and the baby. And they was named it Wolverine. By, well, yeah. The baby <laughs> was raised by Wolverine or the, the worst parents ever. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, it, it was raised by the Waynes, but anyway. <laughs> the Waynes of Earth 2 or whichever one is, uh, <laughs> the, the bad Batman now. The pre post, uh, yeah, the pre-post-crisis, uh, menopause, uh, <laughs> infinite final countdown. Um, yeah, because I read some Batman last week too. I finished up the because uh, I also uh, nice segue by the way. That was pro level. I uh, <laughs> we have our I, moment. We do. Um, I was we talked at great length about the Mister Miracle uh, maxi series and how much we both liked it. So I had inadvertently for gonzo geek i've been in, on uh, dc's review queue and so i had read a fair amount of the, the uh uh is it rebirth rebirth i think that's what we're up to uh batman that tom king wrote and i always I, but that was before mr miracle and i always it was like kind of hit or miss and one of the last collections i read was the war of jokes and riddles and it was it turned me off so bad i stopped reading but then after our conversations around Mr. Miracle, I'm like, all right, well, I'll go back and give it another shot. So I finished out his run and uh, okay. still uneven, still some stuff I really like, still some stuff I really can't stand. It was the whole City of Bane thing, which um, kind of read like he was trying to fix uh, the third uh, Christian Bale Batman movie to me. Yeah. Uh, so um, there are good parts, there are bad parts. So you kind of put Batman and Catwoman back together after he tore them apart, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, he's a better writer than that. I think there were, must have been some sort of editorial restrictions he was working with because based on the Mr. Miracle stuff, I know he can write better than that. So anyway, there's a thumbnail review of Tom King's Mr. Batman run. And then um, I also have, have a Moon Knight update as well. Oh, yeah? Because apparently I was into self-flagellation in my reading this week. So I read some more. I made a list of all the the Moon Knight titles and looked at the ones I read and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't read this one. I haven't read that one. So I, I, I grabbed a couple of them that I hadn't read and they just really, really cannot decide what to do with that guy. No, they can't. They never have. And, you know, I did allude to it. I got a chance to allude to that during my parlor pod um, <laughs> guest hosting gig. And you've already uh, mentioned them more than you mentioned us, by the way. Um, <laughs> man, it was tough. It was, it was, it was, uh, I tried. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Go ahead. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about the bad. John wasn't feeling good, and uh, I think he <laughs> admitted to doing an edible before he recorded. So I want to say that thing kicked in probably about halfway. <laughs> <We're good. laughs> we we all have our ways to get through. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, I read some more Moon Knight. It was the Jeff Lemire run. Because I found a club, uh, actually it was two of them. I'm, I really was in the mood to beat myself up this week, those two weeks. Which one's that? Is uh, Jeff Lemire. Yes, I just read that one, the whole thing. And it is, at least it leans more into the weird than just the crazy. It does, it does. 
which I'm okay with. And I like Lemire because uh, I'm, I like my favorite current book is Black Hammer and all of its varietal spinoffs. And he's doing a great job with that one. So I was curious to see how he would do with that one. And of the two I read, that was the best one. I forgot what the other one was. Give me a minute. I'll tell you um, who's, whose run it was. But And then there's one more run that I haven't read. And apparently they're doing something in that one. I think it's Moon Knight Unlimited where they're pulling all the varietal stops and starts into one continuity and renumbering so that they all have consecutive numbering or something. Cause the title wasn't fucked up enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're welcome. I'll let you ponder that while I look up the other run I read. Um, so yeah, so they can't even, you know, uh, Oh, it was the, uh, the Hurwitz run uh, shock and awe and killed not dead, which started out really good. And as moon Knight titles do tapered off. That one might be the one he was trying to remember uh, on the on my guest host gig, because he was trying to. Because I was talking about the Charlie Houston run. That one's just bleak, <laughs> but yeah. that's what Houston does. I mean, that's why we like him. And so I was talking about, I go, you know, the Houston run started strong, and then about like seven eight issues, it kind of turned into a Joe Pitt novel, meaning it just was like, let's just finish out the series and go. Um, <laughs> And then I, I tried to talk about the Bendis run for a little bit, which I kind of enjoyed. That was my favorite. That's still my favorite one. Well, yeah, I, I like Mark Spector, a Hollywood movie producer. You know, don't, no Stephen Grant, no Jake, you know, just, just Mark. And, um, well, you know, half the imaginary Avengers running around in his head. That was a great take. I, I think we've talked about that before. That is uh, the more I read, the more that one starts to stand out is the best take on the character. I think outside of the original run. Yes. And and that, that is kind of fun when you see like the old Doug you know, Monch or Minch or whatever. Um, and then it's like after that book canceled, then he came back and he had the gold bling. It, it, we, we talked about that. Yeah. Yes. And, and um, yeah, the, no, the, the, the Houston run and the Bendis run, both Houston started strong, got petered out, and then just wrapped up. And they said, well, that went well. Let's try it again. Here's Bendis. <laughs> and they, <laughs> then they always give Bendis more rope than they give anybody else. So he had a little more latitude to play with it, I think. I, I would agree with that. And then Grant Morris said, you know what? Let me give it a stab. <laughs> and uh, that one just got strange. And that continued or put him on the, the, the path he's on now, which is um, lean into the crazy. Lean hard into the crazy and, and seemingly spend most of the book inside his own head. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm all for inner dialogue, but not for 12, 14 issues at a time. <laughs> <laughs> or three miniseries however they're doing it it's too much <laughs> yeah, exactly let somebody else talk and not one of the other voices in his head oh wait a minute bushman with his face peeled off yeah why not <laughs> hey he's not doing anything else um and then there's conchu's bird skull always around always around and again kind of kind of fun but at the same time it's like okay you I know, did like the, I think it was the Hurwitz run where he would like show up as like a like the the devil on his shoulder and he just flick him off. That was a nice touch. <laughs> I did enjoy that, flicking him out the car window when he was Jake. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's kind of like you know, 
maybe we should quit trying to write it like, uh, you know, a, a third year psych paper and just for a while, go well, back I, to being a, a I, 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 I think this is going to dovetail nicely with what we want to talk about tonight because, because they are fixated with Moon Knight on one aspect of the character, as we've discussed, I think pretty much ad nauseum at this point, much like, Batman stopped evolving in 1986 when Frank Miller wrote Dark Knight Returns. And that is my good segue for the evening. Because what we, we want to talk about <laughs> is, um, is, is the, the, the reboot phenomenon that is... Uh... <laughs> nice, it has its own theme song now. Can make some money on that. Um, oh, we also, we also might get. You could play that. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> yep. No, I've got to. I'm getting some software. I've got to load up all the keys on my keyboard. So when I press A, it'll go do 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 do. Anyway, we want. <laughs> um. So um. Yeah. So because the the conversation tonight was kind of driven by by your guest hosting gig, and it's and, and rightfully so because y'all talked about uh, DC's newest reboot uh reimagining the infinite frontier series which they just started and i read it today and i kind of came into it cold so i'm gonna let you since you've already discussed it once please explain to our listeners what the hell infinite frontier is well that was the thing i didn't know and i had to have john explain it to me um but basically they've once again rebooted the entire dc universe um, and this time, apparently, they've created the Omniverse, which is everything. So everything is canon. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that works or why they would want it to work. But and then there's the Linearverse, which is like a subset where the characters basically travel through time the same age, which would explain, you know, why you know, 80 years ago, he looked like, you know, the guy at Muscle Beach. And now, you know, Superman looks like you know, chisel draw on the, the whole. I, I honestly, it's like, just admit it. You don't know what's going on. This is like their, what, fifth reboot in 10 years? Uh, well, see, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's, let's see, we got Rebirth, and we had New 52. Uh, there was Infinite Crisis, which I don't think was a reboot, but, or maybe it was. I See, I can't even remember. There was, started out with Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was, uh, their attempt to streamline the continuity because they couldn't keep track of it anymore, which 40 years worth of continuity, okay. Well, see, I can give you that. You might need to do a little streamlining there. And it was one of the things that I, talking to John, it kind of made me realize, okay, Superman, Batman, what, 75 years old? 70 At years least, old? 70, 75, 80, somewhere in there, yeah. Okay. Spider-Man, 50 years old. X-Men, 50 years old. I have a genuine like you know i i get it you know you've got 80 years what new stories are you going to come up with without you know climbing into the sandbox and playing with the toys as every new creative team says it's it's yeah we can't believe they're letting us uh, you know play in their sandbox and it's, it's, it's it's like listening to nuke lelouch give an interview in bull durham it really is <laughs> good lord will it all work out just playing, <laughs> drawing them one day at a time. Draw one day at a time. Good Lord, you know, it'll all work out. Dead. It's a simple game. <laughs> you play you draw, in the sandbox. You draw the, char- you draw the characters, you write the characters. 
and some days, days you get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Old Durham. <laughs> Thank you, folks. Again, baseball in the middle of our comic book talk. That's okay. When we start talking about the Batman reboot, we'll, we'll talk about overhead insurance. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we will come back to that. Um, so, so like I said, I, I mean, with the original Crisis, uh, I, I got it then, and I see it even more, more of a reason for it now. I mean, you had characters that were created in a di- different time, a different world than the 80s were. You had 40 years worth of continuity. You might need to streamline it a little bit. The problem is, took them 40 years to get to that one. And in the 40 years since then, they've rebooted a dozen times. Like, and to me, it just shows, in my mind, it it's, uh, shows a lack of, uh, of creativity, quite frankly. You can't handle continuity for more than five years at a time. Maybe you need to look at who you've got in the creative process. Well, even the last one with the new 52, I mean, obviously Jeff Johns. Oh uh, yeah. Let's reboot all of those books, but I'm going to leave my universe green lantern alone. You know? And Jim Lee did the same with and, Batman. Yeah. Those two titles the, because they were in charge of the reboot didn't get touched, which then just made no sense. And, um, and the new 52 let's be honest was a fucking nightmare. It was Heroes Reborn. It was. It's exactly, it was the imaging of the DC universe. <laughs> I mean, that's how they rolled all those image titles that they had acquired the IP uh, for into the, the DC universe proper. Thanks, Jim. We see what you did there. I mean, when I was reading uh, Infinite Frontier today, I noticed Grifter popped Grifter in. in yeah, I'm like, really? Okay. Can you not put them in their own uni- own Earth now? And have them be yeah, part of continuity or something. Oh, that would be the linear universe right there. Because they were all drawn by line guys. <laughs> 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 Nicely done. I applaud you. And you know I do. Thank you. Um, but my okay, and I will say this because because the new 52, as I said, was a fucking train wreck. Uh, I mean, because you had a character like Speedy, who has a lot of history good and bad an interesting character that they were developing and all of a sudden they rebooted and and what passed for character development was he was wearing a trucker hat oh wow that was yeah and so when so so when he (laughs) threw that in the bin in infinite frontier i was very excited to see rob liefeld's uh trucker hat go go in the trash like maybe they're going to go back to roy being roy i'm kind of all over the place with the reboots but go ahead i was gonna say going back you know the trucker hat being the 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 trench coat (laughs) it was the pouch it was a head pouch (laughs) let's go with that it's the head pouch or those 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 uh, those trench coats that like they all wore the X Men that had I don't know the stitching on the collar like the line work around the, the big collar. rounded collar sort of like a mane really <laughs> yes <laughs> I mean everybody there's a lot of people who just get so excited about Gambit but man what a stupid dorky outfit that dude that wore a stupid dorky character quite frankly but that's a that's another yeah. <laughs> Mesha. Um, okay, just because this ties in sort of tangentially. Is, 
<laughs> I um, by New Orleans accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from New Orleans, but talks like he's from Bro Bridge. Yeah, no, nope, 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 nope. Um, I uh, I started. This is this is tangentially related. Before I forget, I want to read this because I started reading a book about the history of the WWF earlier today, and and the guy has that been rebooted <laughs> <laughs> every couple of every couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> re- rebooted to the head. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, the it's like you and I wrote it because it's got parenthet- snarky parenthetical asides. Oh, nice. And he's, he, this is the passage that, uh, about uh, the ultimate warrior. And I want to read this because it's, it's related. He combined Hogan's sides with Rick Rude's striation, definition, and vascularity. He looked like a Rob Liefeld comic book character come to life. Parenthetical. Only he had feet and pretty much no pouches to speak of. In parenthetical. <laughs> Post a link to that book. <laughs> oh, I will. It's going in the show notes. Uh, forget it is snarky as hell. Uh, the quote I posted earlier on the site about Hulk Hogan from that book. Oh, I, I love that quote. I was like, I don't know where he got it, but man, it's fucking brilliant, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, reboots. That's what we were talking about. Um, I mean, I think DC has been far more uh, guilty of it than Marvel. I mean, we mentioned Heroes Reborn, which was stupid. Oh, God. And a disaster of epic proportions. Uh, but that, I mean, aside from that, have they done like a real universal? Big- re- oh, they did that uh, Battle Realms thing where they blew up. All- they did an infinite, they did Crisis on Infinite Earth. They blew up everything in the Battle Realm and shoved all the remaining characters into 616, I think. Cause- oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I read like they did a Squadron Supreme series, which I love Squadron Supreme. And it was uh, the characters from, there was like the Hyperion from the original Suicide Squad, the Nighthawk from the J. Michael Straczynski Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, they were all, uh, the wizard character was the fast guy from DP7 from the new universe. So oh, it was yeah. kind of, wow, went deep on that one. Yeah. And then like they rolled like Starbrand from New Universe into the main continuity as a thing, and so. No, I mean when Marvel did, did, when Marvel does stuff, they do you know the Ultimate Universe or the whatever the Starbrand was part of. You know, they at least kind of like tried to roll them out there, and then of course you're stuck with oh shit, you know Miles Morales Spider Man's really cool. How do we bring that back? <laughs> right, right. And uh, or, or you end up with, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver being an incestuous couple, which, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe not something they want to bring up right now, but uh, it did happen. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of gross, isn't it? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't not find... Not Pietro's an ass, but, you know. <laughs> well, that was part of the reason. <sighs> Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, I don't I don't find Marvel as guilty of it as I do DC. I just it makes it really difficult to be a DC fan of any a DC Comics fan of any regular yeah regularity because you can't get invested. And that's the other. I mean, that's my other gripe, my other beef, if you will, um, is the numbering. Just because a new creator takes over the book, you don't have to start at one again. That's just bullshit. Just keep numbering, keep going. 
<laughs> well, and, and even to that end, you know, I, I, it, I would almost take, you know, like uh, you have a creative team, they do a 12 issue run. And then maybe you rest the title for two months. You come back with 13 through 20 with another guy. Yeah, I'd be, I mean, that I makes sense. That. But just or, to renumber for renumbering sake is, it's a, yeah. it's a cash grab. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> roll out a whole bunch of number ones. Oh, I've got a number of Batman one number one. Yeah, you've got a new 52 Batman number one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not Wipe your ass with time. that, okay? <laughs> well, I remember, you know, when John Byrne redid like Superman, Man of Steel. Sure. Yeah. Well, that was, that to me was like, that was, when I think like, like you've got a character like Superman or Batman, 70 plus years of history, you do need to do like a Man of Steel type of thing to reset the mythology, you know? Yeah, and that one was really well done. Is it, oh, it's John Byrne who actually takes those, you know, established properties that he grew up reading and, 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 you know, kind of takes them back to those roots. But I thought, you know, Man of Steel basically rebooted the character, you know, because when you get to the point when you're writing stories about Crypto the dog, you've hit, you've tapped that well out. <laughs> yeah yeah no and that that is your that's a that's a good call out because man of steel was a really well done really smart reimagining reinvention i hate to use reinvention but update of the character yeah it was cleaned up that's 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 the way to look at it. yeah and and it, it evolved the character for the modern age whereas nobody another character nobody can fucking figure out what to do with aquaman we'll have long hair We'll chop off his hand. He'll, he'll talk to the fishes. There's like, I pick a direction and stick with it. Give it a chance to give it a chance to grow some affection. That's Go brave and bold. Go brave and bold with it. <laughs> I see what you did there. You are on a roll tonight, sir. But I, I, I'm thinking about it as I say that, because I think that's one of the thoughts I had over the last few days as we talked about this was some titles take a while to build that sort of affection. And for me, the one that jumps into my mind is Thor. Mm -hmm. I started reading Thor uh, right before issue 300. I got my subscription. So it was kind of like right as they kind of like went through this whole Ragnarok thing and blah, blah, blah. And then that creative team, it was, it was, they were trying to wrap up Kirby's Eternals and then they're going through Ragnarok sort of resetting Thor. And then there was, I don't remember, 10, 12, 15 issues of just kind of middling shit and then all of a sudden, Walter Simonson showed up and blew the doors off. Yeah. Which, uh, to my mind, is still the definitive run on Thor and always will be. But I'm a, I'm a Thor guy, so I could be wrong. But, but you had to get through some of that stuff. And I remember some of those other stories in there. They were okay, but they didn't seem like Thor-worthy. You came out of this grand, epic, cosmic thing, and then you had him fighting you know, guys in a souped up streetcar. And it was like, what is happening? And then Simonson. <laughs> so it was this weird arc. But even with the Simonson stuff, he started it so obliquely. And so it was such a jarring change from those last few issues. It took a few issues for you to figure out what he was doing and to adapt to that mindset and that art style. It had to get some room to breathe. And I don't think a lot of these titles get that anymore 
where you can have that opportunity to let someone take that kind of chance. No, no, it's sink or swim anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, what was it? I'm trying to think of something else that I liked. I've, I've mentioned black hammer. That one's on dark horse, which gives the folks a lot more room to run. Yeah. But that have you read any of that one? Uh, I keep meaning to. You really should. It is, uh, you know, I've mentioned Squadron Supreme earlier, and I've always loved those characters, probably because they are riffs on the DC characters. But uh, but uh, Mark Grunewald did that that uh, Maxi series before uh, before Crisis, before Dark Knight, before all that, and it was very very well thought out. It was twelve issues, and I really wish someone like would take it and just make like a twelve. Um, 12 episode show out of it. It would be so good. Cause it was, it was kingdom come before kingdom come. I really think Mark Wade leaned heavily on that series, but uh, uh, it's got that same kind of like, what's best for everyone. Do we get to make those decisions kind of thing? Um, yeah. I've but, got that trade upstairs somewhere. Which one? Uh, Squadron Supreme. Yeah. That, that, I love that title. I love it so much. It doesn't get enough play as something that was, uh, very formative in a lot of what we see now is, as you know, issue oriented. But anyway, I got off track. What was I going to say? No, no, no. Uh, uh, you're fine. It's really, like I explained it on the on my guest appearance, <laughs> was that we are the Moon Knight of podcasts. <laughs> well, we're all still we're still in the same oh, ballpark. Um, so <laughs> I go. We, that's what I said. I go. We start with a topic, and then it just kind of meanders. And then it somehow or another ends up either at baseball or I don't know, something. Something. Usually something. <laughs> it's it never, never, ever It's not a straight line. It's not even close. It's lots of lots of exit signs. Um so we've <laughs> talked about characters that they don't know what to do with. We've talked about quality revisions of characters. The other thing is when the character gets like locked in one thing that um nobody can break him out of thank you or nobody's willing to break him out. yeah or the powers that be aren't interested in breaking him out of and now of course the the prime example of that is batman who Mm -hmm. you could have yeah before frank miller got his his fingers into him uh you could do still yeah i know i i shouldn't have said that but uh (laughs) got his claws into him i don't know there we go uh Yes. Anyway, uh, you could have fun Batman stories. You could have you can have any fun Batman. Stories. You can't. Batman can't be fun anymore. I mean, if you look at like like the, some of the Jim Aparo stuff, or uh, like there was a run early '80s where it was across Batman and Detective Comics where he was chasing Ross and Talia around the world, oh, and, yeah. and and but it was light. There could be lightheartedness, and then. Because he was, you know, he wasn't. He, Bruce Wayne and Batman weren't the same person. They were two, still two separate entities. And now we've got, you know, Batman wears the Bruce Wayne mask. He's always the Dark Avenger. He's got plans for everything. No one can outsmart him. No one can beat him. He is, yeah. to borrow from another character, the best he is at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they probably uh, combined those two characters when they did the Amalgam series. But mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, and I don't, I, I still like Batman. He's still my favorite character, but sometimes it's hard to read Batman stories because it's just, it's Too so dour. Well, and then I think even then they did like all-star Superman, 
with I am the or all star Batman. I am the goddamn Batman. It's yeah. like that. There you go, Frank. That is what you did to the character. Yeah. You made him that, and no one has walked away from it. Even the guys who who have tried, and I think you know we've talked about Grant Morrison's run. Um, he's the one who who I think got the most away from it. But no, even but, but even then, the elements were still there. I mean, Professor Pig. That's that's a direct result of Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight Returns. And I like Professor Pig. I think he may be the best uh, new villain in probably 20 years. But uh, yeah, still still a lot of Frank's DNA and Morrison's run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things I wanted to you know mention with. It, not only did that change Batman, but I think that set that whole grim and gritty uh, especially amongst the image guys where and oh, I, was yeah. telling, I was telling Frank at work, I go, man, there's a time where like every guy who came out was a badass. He had military training and his name was like blood shot, kill shot, blood, something, kill something. Rip and, tear. And, yeah. Frank suggested blood clot, which made me kind of giggle that there's a guy running around with a bat. <laughs> it's just like, Negan. beware the blood clot. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Yeah. That's, That's my strike the bruise. <laughs> please, please give give Frank a thumbs up for me on the oh, blood clot. I, I told him, I told him, I go, I'm, I'm working that in somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I mean, you know how I feel about all those image guys. It was all form, no substance um, to me. I mean, because as I was reading Spawn, the other day i'm like they kept referencing which i knew what it was a vague reference with the the young blood so i then i had to go figure out what that meant and i'm like oh it was another one of those covert action teams they all drew covert action teams with pouches guns and claws because they couldn't do the x-men one of the characters i saw in something liefeld had done it was colossus's costume on somebody else i mean the red rock is the thing yeah Red and yellow with the silver striations up and down the side. I'm like, you just pasted somebody else's head on Psych- on Colossus. You are a total hack. Or wait a minute. How about the Purple Hulk thing? That, yeah, uh, uh, the Pit. Wasn't it the Pit? The Max. No, the Max. Not, there's Max and Pit, but I thought, no, it was Liefeld and Loeb. It must have been during Heroes Reburn where they did like a Purple Hulk or some such nonsense. Oh, I, God. I mean, it's Liefeld, so you know he's ripping off. You know, Anything in his hands on. Yeah, that's all he does. He's getting paid well for it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, one of the sound bites was Rob Liefeld. And I said that, I, I said, yeah, uh, that actually sounds like the way the way he looks. That's how I think he should sound. And he yes. goes, yeah, you can really hear that voice coming out of that face. I go, yes, you could say he has a punchable voice. <laughs> yes, right in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so um, so you read the Infinite Frontier Zero. I read that one too today, as I said. Um, that, that was, in terms of generating interest for any of those titles, uh, I would give a, a C to Stargirl, and that would be the highest grade I'm giving for that. that yeah. Uh, like the Green Lanterns, which, you know, once <laughs> the Green Lantern Corps, the most Earth phobic culture in the galaxy never an earth man never an earth man now they got like a half dozen earth and and they're recruiting teenagers now 
I just read that and I was like, Oh, spoilers, by the way. Huh? Spoilers, by the way. Um, Spoilers, that Green Lantern thing sucked. (laughs) uh, And were the Teen Titans opening the Xavier Academy? Did I get that right? I don't know, but they had a monkey in tow. So (laughs) that must be cool. All, it's all fine and dandy until he starts throwing shit around Titan's Tower. Yeah, we've got Team Gorilla something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> son of, if, son of God. I am son of God. <laughs> and if you didn't notice, everyone now is richer than Bruce Wayne. Yes, I did notice that. Um, I did like, not, geez, that's that actually, like a half a dozen times. It's kind of funny. I will give you that. That's kind of a good running gag if you're going to have one because uh, you can just do just that, drop it and move on. Um, and then a Brazilian yeah. Wonder Woman. So there's more hair. I don't get that. Amazonian, <laughs> Brazilian Amazonians. I don't, <laughs> I see what you did there, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> last. Oh, <laughs> uh, they should all have like Mohawks. Um <laughs> Such a smooth book. <laughs> Just the one little strip right at the middle. One little strip. Uh, what else was there? There was the t- Oliver and Black Canary are together again, again. Okay, great. And Fantastic. The um, oh god. I guess there was a Justice League with Superman and a Flash and Black Adam, because apparently Flash takes a job in the speed zone or some bullshit nonsense. He's a, he's a traffic cop, I think. I don't know. I wasn't really clear, but they finally fixed Wally West, which has been, a, I mean, the character was the Flash for damn near as long as Barry Allen was originally, and they just fucked him over. Yeah. Eight ways to Sunday from Rebirth until now. Um, yeah, I read that Rebirth because Jeff Johns, I really liked, I never liked, Green Lantern before I really liked what he did but towards the end of his Green Lantern run it was just a a crossover rinse repeat you know crossover rinse repeat so he moves on to Flash and I could not finish that I tried I did finally get through it but man it was rough I think I got the book signed by Ethan Van Scriver and then sold it on eBay good plan um yeah (sighs) I uh, because I, I I I read a lot of the Flash in the '80s when Wally first took over after Barry died in the first crisis, and uh, so it's all see it's all it's all a flat circle, man. Um, but uh, they had done so much work Asian. developing him exactly. They're everywhere. They had done so much work building him up to be the Flash that just throw him on the ash heap just seemed oh no void of creativity in my book. Oh, it's saying I'm unstable again. Shit. Let's keep talking and see if it resolves what freezes. Just keep talking. Can you hear me? Okay. I think it got better. Okay. You, you, wait a minute. I could still hear you during the freeze up. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's just keep talking. So, yeah. Okay. So, what else What else was there? Um, flashes, Batman. I did. I, uh-oh. Are we done? No, 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 we're fine. Okay. I, I couldn't understand uh, the the Superman is president of the universe or some such bullshit. Okay, so that one I at least had some point of reference for because as I've told you, I love checking out graphic novels from the library because then I could read shit I wouldn't normally pay for. Mm-hmm. And they did all, they had Earth 2 and they had a whole series where like Earth 2 got blown up and he was the Superman on this other Earth. So he's a, a pre-existing character from one of the Earths. Now what he's doing on the special 
space plat- space time platform. I don't know. But uh, he's got the Flash now, so he'll be fine. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I, and it, yeah, I, yeah I, that didn't do it for me. Uh, the Batman story, because I don't follow the Batman continuity. I was like, I don't understand why he's poor, and why everybody's richer than him, and why he's got this male companion. Have we given up on the Robin subtext and just said, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> Oh, that was, uh, was the original Green Lantern, was that part. That one, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're just like, okay, I'm not exactly sure why they picked that guy. Well, because in that same continuity with President Superman, the Green Lantern from that continuity was gay. So somehow they rolled it into that. And that's fine, whatever. That's no big deal. Um, I mean, there could be some interesting stories to tell about a superhero from the Golden Age who's been in the closet and been forced to uh there could be some interesting stories to tell with that actually i'll give you that one yeah yeah but yeah i just it was kind of all over the map i i uh, i didn't i didn't read anything there that would make me go man i'm gonna go find this book when it comes out yeah when they when they showed the uh i know you talked about it on the other show but when you when they showed the scarecrow in his new costume i immediately thought of uh marvel's porcupine okay there you go (laughs) all spiky and pointy i didn't look anything like a scarecrow he's got a gas mask and a bunch of spikes um for hands you know edward beetle hands (laughs) it's gonna be really difficult to take a piss in that get up (laughs) you're about to find out what your dick's greatest fear is (laughs) if we didn't already have a title (laughs) That would be it. <laughs> That's going to be the subtitle. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I know what I was talking about earlier. Black Hammer. You would really like it. It's a okay. it's a, it's a riff on the DC characters done Dark Horse style. You got the guy who's you know Superman, Captain America. You've got the the Shazam character, which is a really cool because it's like a reverse thing. Oh, nice. You should dig it out. Dig dig like the first couple of issues. There's a there's a Martian Manhunter riff, um, House of Mystery riff. There's, it, it's really cool, and they kind of it's been going long enough that they've they've spread it out. They've branched out. They gave a couple of the uh, characters that were briefly mentioned or briefly shown miniseries, like oh, cool. Sherlock Frankenstein is kind of like the Lex Luthor, Doctor Savannah character. All right. Um, it's a fun, fun universe they're building. And uh, Lemire's guy behind that. So. so anyway, I'm still writing down our subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It, the, 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 the Batman thing, we, we I, I joked about this, is that Batman no longer apparently has the Batcave. He now has like safe houses all throughout Gotham. And I made a comment about how that made no sense to me from an overhead standpoint, an insurance standpoint. There's an economy of scale to be had with the Batcave and having all your shit in one spot. Right. And and owning the property as opposed to leasing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) There's tax benefits. There's uh, homestead exemptions. (laughs) 
you could lease it back to you. I guarantee you Wayne tech owns it and is leasing it to Batman. So he's paying himself back. And that's just profit. Pure profit. <laughs> it's all a Ponzi scheme. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you talked about that. And I, I thought to myself, Oracle there's an accountant. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> All, that's why there's so many robins he needs the dependent write-offs <laughs> especially since he and his new husband ghost maker can't have kids <laughs> <laughs> this is a sentence i'm writing the tax benefits of being batman uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, why would you <laughs> enter into all those leases when, and based on what I read, you're no longer allowed to operate within Gotham, so your business model's flawed. <laughs> it's just, well, <laughs> It was one of the things John kept getting hung up on, like the book, like Harley and this ghost maker guy were both, they literally actually killed people and now they're making them heroes. And I said, well, it's a classic heel face turn. You know, you got a guy, and that's what I said, I go, you got a guy, he's got some heat, he's a bad guy, you turn him into a face, you get that baby face appeal. <laughs> but you don't telegraph it with a whole reboot of it. But you don't reboot the whole company to flip them. <laughs> you do if you're DC. Well, it's, it's, been, it's been 18 months. Time to reboot. And by the way, all the killers, they're now heroes. And all the heroes, they're on the run. They're on the run. It's a topsy-turvy world. <laughs> Everything's canon, but none of it makes sense. <laughs> But no, Dick Grayson can't be Batman. <laughs> That's a damn shame because that is still my favorite Batman run in recent memory. Oh, de oh, definitely. They, it was nice to see the dynamic flipped and see the kid being the hard ass and the adult being sort of a lighten <laughs> up kid. You know? Exactly. It was very, uh, kind of even had a little uh, Batman 66 vibe to it every once in a while. Yeah, it did. It did. Without it was, you know why? I, I said I said it earlier. I was the, the F word. It was kind of fun. <laughs> that, that's not who Batman is anymore. His parents are dead. You know. He said that three panels ago. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were talking. Somebody said that uh, the Snyder cut was accidentally released to people who rented tom and jerry were you listening to my conversation at dinner because go ahead but i feel like this is exactly the conversation i had with so, Poyo earlier so anyway they were like uh, somebody was making a joke it's like without spoilers i would just say that that credit that one scene in when when uh, superman is having sex with wonder woman was just outstanding and I asked, I go, is that the one where like Batman was sitting in the corner toying with a cigarette going Martha, Martha, Martha under his breath? <laughs> and since Zack Snyder's involved, I guarantee you Hallelujah was playing behind it. <laughs> hallelujah, Martha. Hallelujah, Martha. And, and Aquaman's trident's got five spikes on it because it's extreme. Both ends. 
I, my my son is like he just like can't stop talking about the Snyder Cut. I'm like, they can add two more hours to that. Is not going to make it a better movie. They're going to take all the weed and stuff. Yeah, and they're going to put two hours of Zack Snyder stuff back into it. It's not going to be any better. Batman versus Superman? Oh, they've got a corporate... No, no, no. Shut up. You're so busy trying to be anti-Marvel because everybody else loves them that you're losing sight of something here. They're not good movies. They they are not. They are not. And that's, that's the thing. I feel sorry for the Snyder Cut fans because unless this is like fucking Citizen Kane and all the best parts of every Oscar winner for the last 50 years... Um, it's just going to be just just disappointment and anger. Everywhere. No, no, this is going to be QAnon level. They are so wrapped up into this being what it was supposed to be, they won't be able to admit they were wrong. The, I mean, this is the kind of mindset we're we're talking about because I'm living with one. It, <laughs> it's like no, the Snutter Cut will be everything. Yeah. I've seen his other work. I'm not sure you want to lean into that to steer into that turn too hard, son. Don't the owls of Gahuli. <laughs> Sucker punch. Mike oh, drop. So horrible. So oh. horrible. Anyway, it's so I guess at, but oh my god. I guess the next time we talk we can discuss the Snyder Cut. When's that come out on HBO Max? Uh, next week. Uh, trust me, I know. The 18th. So, yeah. Either he's he's counting down the days and so am I, but we're doing it for different reasons. <laughs> you just want <laughs> nonsense to end. <laughs> That's like my Facebook feed. Every other fucking post is from MovieWeb and it's all, you know, Snyder Cut's four hours long. Okay, great. Snyder Cut's in black and white. All right, fine. You know, they would say there's a version in color and a version in black and white. It's like a Snyder Cut of the Snyder Cut. This is not fucking Inception, you know? Uh, it's not Max Ma- Mad Max Fury Road either, dude. Calm your roll. Um, all right, so <laughs> speaking of that, it's just a ham-fisted segue time. Uh, we forced Pollo, the, the Snyder Cutty in, in my home. Snyder Cutter? Snyder, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, Snyder Cutter. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, to uh, to sit through the to sit through the season finale series finale of WandaVision, having watched none of the rest of it, that was kind of fun to just watch the torture and me tell him to shut up. <laughs> but WandaVision, let's talk take talk a few minutes about that, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, thoughts? Well, yeah, because I think our original point of conversation may have been like what DC does right versus what Marvel does right. <laughs> And I, we're still kind of on track. <laughs> We've just switched mediums. <laughs> um, I liked it. I didn't like love it. You know, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I, I wouldn't say love. I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> It's not as good as the first season of Daredevil, but way better than the first season of Iron Fist. Oh yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> That's, I've taken out brave, brave ground there. Um, I thought it was interesting that it I ultimately. Like <laughs> exactly, I'm taking a brave stance. Don't leave me alone. Um, I uh, I did find it interesting that it ultimately was like uh, an extended origin story for. Captain Marvel, Photon, whatever the hell they're going to call Monica Rambo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Doug seeing the scrolls at the end. Um, um, I, I did get a little tired of trying to explain Scarlet Witch backstory every time I geeked out about a little drop, you know, because <laughs> uh, I'm convinced uh, that last scene uh, where she was drinking tea in one room and reading the dark hold in the other, that cabin was at the foot of Wondagore Mountain. Mm, okay. And uh, that, I think that would tie it in Doctor Strange nicely because, you know, then you can get into the whole uh, Cathan is Chathan, Chathan, whatever the hell that character's name is. The, the elder god is trapped in the mountain. You could totally play into that if they wanted to go that way. But anyway. Um, and I did like the idea of it being the Scarlet Witch being a mantle rather than just a code name. I thought that was a nice touch. No, that was a good touch. It just, it was one of those where I, you had so many things that kind of like were built up or that maybe uh, fans built up themselves. Yeah. You know, that, that, that when it kind of ended, I mean, there, there is a certain amount of tragedy when she closes the hex, which is oh, yeah. poignant, you know, for sure. Kind of like, Oh my God, this is horrible. Uh, it's like watching you know, that one Steve Carroll uh, movie about the comet that hits the earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that kind of moment where they're just laying in bed and it's like, oh, God, we all know it's coming. This is fucking awful. <laughs> well, I mean, and it, it hit me pretty hard, too, as the, uh, as the father of twin boys who will be flying the nest soon. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. shit, that hurts. I don't, yeah, no, I'm... I thought the uh, the white vision thing just kind of happened too quick. They teased it a little bit, but probably not enough. I mean, I I mean, you probably knew what was coming because that was from West Coast Avengers back in the burn days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I saw him uh, in pieces on the slab, I went, "Oh, they're going to do that, aren't they?" And my wife was like, "What?" I'm like, "Just wait." And when the when the guy said, "Fire," whatever he said, "Fire it up" or whatever, I'm like oh shit, it's going to be white vision. Or I think I said plain vision or whatever. But I'm mm-hmm. um, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've read comic books, some of it was telegraphed. If you didn't, I'm sure that was a kind of an oh shit moment. But I kind of I saw it coming. I don't, there you go. I don't want to brag, but some of it, having read Avengers for 30 years was kind of telegraphed. <laughs> I don't. I think because they introduced so much, I, I I felt like there was the slow build, with you know the the different eras of the sitcoms, and then you have the one episode that kind of explains all that, and so now okay that makes sense. Now I got a sense of what's going on, and then it's like oh and uh, season finale. Thank you for coming. Yeah, they probably could have tightened uh, the sitcom. I mean, I've, that's one thing I've seen that I might agree with was that they could have tightened the sitcom aspect up a little bit more. Um, to get a little more like breather room for the, uh, for the finale story when they were outside of the sitcoms. Um, although it was fun seeing them and Malcolm in the middle, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was well done overall. Um, I just, the ending just didn't quite, I didn't find it satisfying enough. Yeah. It, they, they didn't uh, land. They didn't Simone Biles, the landing for sure. Correct. But it was still good. It was a satisfying series. It, it as a standalone maxi series, got no problems with it. Um, um, I am curious to see now what uh, what Bucky and Sam turns out to be. I'm still hoping for some lethal weapon energy. You know, I've got I've got really 
you know, when that one was announced, you're like, oh yeah, this could be cool. And now you're kind of like, I've seen the previews of Loki and Loki just looked like a ball of fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, a men in black RIP department, you know, um, RIPD, I guess. Yes. That looks like a ton of fun. And I'm really excited to see it. <laughs> Because it just looks like, you know, nine episodes of Tom Hiddleston just chewing, chewing every piece of scenery in sight. Yes. Exactly. And I'm, I'm down with that for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I have my hesitations about that one. Uh, what did you say? Getting snowman. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna go still Coors is what they're going to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, my my hope, and I've said it already, is is we get kind of, if we we could get a lethal weapon vibe off of it because you know Bucky is technically the same age as Captain America, so you can have the old man young guy bickery thing. I'd be fine with that. I'm not gonna hold my breath that that's what we get. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any real feel for what that one's gonna be, so I guess we'll talk about that one in a couple of weeks too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then what else? There's a Hawkeye one, and I'm not sure I care about that one enough. Yeah, it. I um, Hawkeye's a tough sell. Well, there's a okay. There's a good Hawkeye run they did a few years ago. If they if they went with that approach, he um I can't remember who wrote it, but it was he was living in this apartment building, getting into daily scraps with the the local Russian mafia guys and the tracksuits. It had a sense of humor. Um, it was fun. If they, and he had a dog, a stray dog he picked up. There was a dog in Hawkeye, and it was kind of random, but a fun read. If they did something like that, I'd be down. Um, but they won't. It'll probably be uh, domestic drama since they've established he has a family. Ew. Yeah, because that's what I want to see is Hawkeye at home. <laughs> <laughs> Love and marriage. Love and marriage. Just like he's Al Bundy at home. <laughs> throws arrows at the tv to change the channel exactly now see that i'd watch (laughs) 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 talking about the time he scored four touchdowns how he how he killed tachari with seven arrows (laughs) (laughs) he stopped the chitari invasion with only seven arrows Uh uh-huh yeah at that one time, <laughs> <laughs> working at a shoe store. <laughs> All right, if you're listening, Marvel, make it happen. Right. <laughs> Speaking of reboots, we're reboot- rebooting Hawkeye for you right now. <laughs> All right, I think we're done. Don't you think we're done? I think we're probably done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, that's episode 17. Uh, I have the title written down somewhere. Um, I don't know what it was, but I have it written down. But the subtitle is, of course, you're about to find out your dick's, what your dick's biggest fear is. So, um, until next time, this has been Slurp Toast. I've been Bruce. He's been Steve. And we are gone. Good night, kids.